the USFL gambling podcast roster analysis episode on the sports gambling podcast networks presented by win bet for every $25 you bet on college basketball. Winbet has given you a chance to win a trip to Las Vegas for March madness and a thousand dollars in free win bet credits. Download the win bet app now or visit winbet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by Stable Duels. Stable Duels, a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as 15 grand with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And last but not least, we're brought to you by us. Yes, the SGPN app is live in the App Store and Google Play Store. It is your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. So grab that thing today and let it ride. Hey, this is Toba Johnson, and you listen to SGPN. Let it ride. Football is a unique American experience, a game described by one turn of the century critic as crude and barbaric with little chance of survival. But survive it did. I don't give a damn who you are. It's America, Jack. You know how to play with I know football. I don't get being played in the United States Football League. SFL gambling podcast. My name is Colby swinging database dead, AKA pick Don D that's not a pick. This is a pick. Nobody knows nothing. Somebody knows double the price, but no one touches Dundee. <laughs> what I had to do a live draft for 12 hours. Not a problem. Next year, make it 70 rounds. Let's do it. We got the season kicking off April 16th. I am joined by my co-host, former, former JMU Duke defensive back. Give it up for the burrito eating, sideline kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing, Patty C in the place to be. Hi, up. Oh man, what is this? Excellent. On the street and tip your head his way. You know just wait for it. Headed and which game he's gonna play. He's a sharp shooting gunman and always aiming high. You win any gunfight, his limit is the sky. Oh, yeah. We're the gun slingers. Oh man. From seven tone. Oh man. Beautiful. Remember the animal for such as we are known. We're the gun slingers. 
Wow, just heat for the streets. Please, USFL, bring back the gunslingers yeah, well, next year. Well, let me tell you what, we're we're probably gonna touch on uh at some point in this podcast who we're rooting for right off the top. We gotta claim our teams. This is there's no going back from this episode. We will. Well, I don't know. There's there's well, plenty of time in to year change horses. In year okay, one. Year one, I guess we gotta we gotta figure <laughs> we it out. We don't know, and I will explain that more. But first, what I'm just saying okay. though, real quick, is San Antonio, if they get a squad. Gunslingers. They're going to be real. Just real don't play quick at the top. Just don't play at that filthy dome. Play outside. They got a field there. There you go. Let's get All another right. guy in here. Third man in the booth. Give it up for the DFS guy himself. And you better believe I already see a deal looking like they're going to be some DraftKings, I think, uh, USFL action. Mm. Give it up for the rooftop IPA drinking, homebrew making, tobacco road living, the free lock giving, former. Former Herndon Basketball League MVP, give it up for NC Nick in the place to be. What's going on, guys? I, I feel like I haven't done a podcast in like a, like two weeks or something. I know it's only been like six days, but uh, I'm feeling a little rusty here. So uh, let me give you let's some music. Just jump right in, man. Yeah, hit me with some music. Get get, get the, the blood going. Oh wait, wait. You're a Tampa Bay Bandits fan. Let me do this. Yes, sir. We come from down in Gator Country. We are the proud of Tampa Bay. Be a bandit ball believer. And you know, NC Nick, I think well, I'm tipping his hand already. Um, but uh, I look, I mean, these songs are all great. I just got to play this one before we start. The Houston Gamblers. I mean, is there anything nearly this excellent in the NFL right now? Be honest, there's nothing close to this shit. I mean, it's just fire. Hey, this top, played before every fucking game. Yeah, Top Gun Two. I know you haven't. You've you've apparently done your film, but you've been waiting for yeah. COVID to end. Time to go back, buy the rights to this song, and yeah. put this all throughout <laughs> that right. film. That's right. This is your like fucking highway to the danger zone part two. Right just now. just hire me. Hire me. I'll I'll I'll, I'll give you glory. All right. Right. You'll be watching Top Gun two, and all of a sudden you'll 1986 hear the, you'll, relived. You'll hear the ECU song. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that would inspire me. Uh, how we doing, guys? The USFL. I don't know if you guys saw this. I was uh, drafting. I was doing a live draft reaction show for twelve hours. So uh, my apologies. I'm not doing. And, and I'm in the middle of March Madness. We're also doing college football episodes. So just a a a hurricane of. Uh, of content. So it's been a couple days. I wanted to do this episode earlier, but NC Nick was traveling. He was selfishly going to a bunch of college basketball games and getting hammered. So uh, <laughs> here we are. We're finally on the, the draft reaction show where we analyze the, the rosters, a little analysis, uh, and perhaps we pick our teams. You know, I, I think I was holding back for a while. I was saying, well, could it be the gamblers with that sweet ass song I just played? Could it be the Michigan Panthers? Could it be the New Orleans breakers break a break a one two come in now? Um, but uh, what'd you guys think of the draft? 30, 30 first off, I, I know you guys thought I did a stellar job, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank Handling you. the business. Appreciate that. You know, uh, you see what I did there? Yeah, um, self promotion. <laughs> no, you guys did do a good job, and you know it was a marathon. 
but I was there with you. You know, I was a, a caller in and everything. So I was, I was paying attention, especially the first day where it was in the evening. Uh, it was good stuff, man. A lot of good players got drafted. I love the interviews you guys did. Uh, I, I'm just excited for this season, man. Yeah. And speaking of which we are going to have Toby Johnson defensive tackle for the new Orleans generals call in on this show. Um, uh, so later on in the episode, we will have defensive tackle Toby Johnson of the new Orleans. I mean, this is a guy I'm not new Orleans, New Jersey generals. Um, it's a guy that uh, first off, he played a, with the Georgia bulldogs in the sec. Then he played in the NFL for the Titans, Jags, uh, bears, Vikings, Panthers, lions. He was with the XFL, with the New York guardians. And now he's with the new Jersey generals and Mike Riley. Uh, we'll have him in a bit, but first we want to just go over our draft analysis and let's just, let's just start from the top here, go in there. Uh, let's, let's look at the first team that comes up to me is the Michigan Panthers, the North division. We're going to start in the North. All right. Uh, the first pick in the draft. And I was kind of blown away by this. Shea Patterson was the first pick of the draft. I heard Moose Johnson say that was not something like they actually, it kind of came out of left field because he was recently cut by a, a CFL team. And he might've been cut because I think he was announcing that he wasn't going to come to the CFL team. We saw that with a few players, uh, but they, they drafted Shea Patterson with number one, Jeff Fisher. And then they, in the second quarterback draft, they went Paxton Lynch from Memphis, who was also recently in the CFL. Um, what round was the, uh, the, the second quarterback draft? Well, they, they, they did. I guess their, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They did yeah. it by, by position. by position. Yeah. But Paxton Lynch, Shea Patterson, how would you grade the quarterbacks there, there NC Nick? <laughs> well, it's kind of funny how, you know, I think most people might expect Paxton Lynch to start. Meanwhile, Shea Patterson was the number one overall choice, you know, the first draft pick. So Look, Patterson had an up and down college career at Michigan. His stats aren't too bad, but overall, I think anybody that was watching the Michigan games just came away feeling like he wasn't a game changer. He wasn't the man that that Michigan needed in order to make that next step. So I think there's big question marks coming into the season with Shea Patterson. I think, uh, you know, I think Paxton Lynch might start the season under center. We'll see if it's like a committee. We'll see what happens as far as the competition goes. Overall, I think at least they kind of redeemed themselves picking up kind of a veteran guy with, with Paxton Lynch, who's played, you know, in the NFL some. So um, at least uh, they have something to fall back on if Patterson doesn't work out. Yeah, and and you know, you look at the the, the Michigan Panthers. First off, Shea Patterson. I remember when he was at Ole Miss, and I was actually really impressed when he was at Ole Miss. And I remember telling Patty C when he transferred to Michigan, I was like, "Oh, Harbaugh just got himself a player." Now, this is when I started to lose a little faith in Harbaugh. I don't think they utilized his talents well at at Michigan. He was kind of a Johnny Manziel style QB to me at Ole Miss, and I thought they they were conservative. They didn't let him uh, really open it up. But Jeff Fisher historically doesn't do that either. So I don't know that he's <laughs> right? doing any favors by getting drafted by Jeff Fisher. I heard Jeff Fisher, you know. What a couple like a month ago, say he's, he's had time off with football and he wants to go open it up offensively. I don't know if that's just BS because I think he, I felt like he said, if you would have interviewed him in 97, I feel like he would have said that with the Titans and said, we're going to open it up. And then Steve McNair never threw a pass past 12 yards. Um, uh, so there's that, but I, I do think they did all right with the running backs, Reggie Corbin and Stevie Scott, the third Remember Stevie Scott was at, 
Indiana. Yeah, it was at Indiana, and I believe Reggie Corbin. That was uh, Texas A and M, right? I believe. I think so. Yeah. Um, I think those are pretty pretty decent backs. So no, he was at Illinois. Illinois. Uh, hmm. I think those are decent backs. So I like Stevie Scott. I actually thought he was going to be in the NFL. Wide receiver wise, the one that really jumps out to me is uh, Jeff uh, Badet. You know, I know him from Oklahoma. And I also know him from the uh, Badet. I don't know how you say that name. Uh, from uh, Badet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but no, he was with the Las, Las Vegas Raiders last year and the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, he was with the Redskins before that, the Washington Redskins, and then the Dallas Renegades. That's where I knew him as well. And uh, so he played at OU and Kentucky. That- uh, tight end wise, they have uh, probably maybe the best name in the league in uh, Joseph Magnifico. <laughs> that is a great name. That is like maybe the best name. It's like a, that's like a, it's not a person, uh, Mike Tyson fights uh, and, and Mike Tyson's punch yeah, out. Right. <laughs> um, is that a Marvel character? <laughs> yeah. Overall, I'll, I'll be honest. Like I, when I look at the whole roster though, if I had to grade it, I'm going to go, I'm going to go see. <laughs> I think they, with the first pick, you know, knowing, I mean, unless Shea Patterson, I, I just, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't seem like a Jeff Fisher quarterback, but I don't know. I guess McNair had mobility and he, that worked for him. Jared Goff did not have mobility, but I don't think, I don't even know if he wanted to draft Jared Goff. Um, I don't know. Uh, and then the receivers, you looked at, at Quincy, uh, I don't even know, Adebo, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he's good. Um, I don't know. What do you make of this? I'm looking at the whole roster right now. And to me, I think it's not one of the better rosters in the, in the league. Well, Kobe, you did a lot more research than I did. Certainly. And maybe, maybe Nick, but I mean, obviously you being the guy who covered the whole draft top to bottom, you have a better idea of who these, all these guys are. I could tell you off the top, the name recognition is pretty low on the Michigan Panthers, you know, obviously Paxton Lynch and Shea Patterson jump out. But aside from that, Stevie Scott at Indiana, he was good. I mean, he's a guy that ran for over 2,500 yards in college, had back to back 10 touchdown seasons. I think Stevie Scott can do some things here. He's going to be be the Eddie George pretty much. Yeah. Um, And defensively, I mean, they might have a good defense that the hard part is to, uh, you know, evaluate some of these players that are from you know, obscure universities that we've barely seen, but overall, I'm going to say middle of the road, which is right where everyone wants me to say when evaluating a Jeff Fisher team. <laughs> yeah. That joke has almost like been yeah. overplayed yeah. already. It, it certainly has. <laughs> I wasn't using it as a joke. I was using it as no. reality. Um, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, look, we're not going to give you all like a breakdown of the offensive line. Cause let's be honest. We, you know, we don't know that much about these guys. The best we can do is kind of say, you know, talk about the skill position players. Uh, overall, I think they came out with the quarterback situation, especially you know with uh, getting Lynch as I'd, I'd say a B. Um, and I think the running backs with that combination of Scott and Corbin is kind of a B also. What I'm where I'm not you know that impressed with is the wide receiver position. Um, you know, I, I haven't heard of most of these guys. I know uh, Boyejo was with Ole Miss. Um, some people are comparing him to uh, Stefan Diggs. Let's just, you know, hold off on that. Let's pump the brakes a little bit there. Uh, and, you know, Lance Lenore, Ray Bolden, I mean, that, that left a little bit to be desired. So I, overall, I don't think I'm as down as you, I'm gonna give it a C plus. 
because you know, maybe this is the kind of the, the team that Jeff Fisher wants, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Defense. I mean, his specialty is defense. So this defense could be really good. I just don't know a lot of the analysis there. Well, let me say this uh, from a, from a quarterback uh, standpoint, Paxton Lynch and Shea Patterson give you two different looks. You know, you have your six foot, whatever, seven yeah. uh, statue of a quarterback in Paxton Lynch and you have your, you know, modern kind of sprint out of the pocket, which is kind of old school in a way too. Uh, you know, throw on the run guy and Shea Patterson. So I think the the offense has potential for diversity. Both of those guys played at a pretty high level in college. Obviously, like we said, uh, 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 Shea Patterson more so at Ole Miss than at um, Michigan. But yeah. I like keeping him in Michigan for the marketing there. Well, I mean, but they're playing in Birmingham. I don't. I mean, we'll see if he's even there next year. Well, I I'm mean, sure the Michigan fans are going to be dialed into Shea Patterson. Uh, okay, the playoffs are in. I you know what it. works yeah. with marketing? Winning football games. Okay. That's true. So we, you know. We've seen the whole marketing thing, like you know, if you want to take it real back, like the Washington Bullets, yeah, where they they, they try to have the biggest guy in the NBA with Manute Bowl and the smallest guy with Muggsy Bogues, yeah, oh. that's all gimmicky. You yeah. know what markets well, winning games, yeah, it does. Amen, amen, buddy. But I do think Shea Patterson, you know, to to me is a good quarterback, so uh, I think that that's not a bad pick, and I I think they they have potential. Well, I think if you're Shea Patterson, though, wouldn't you have been more excited if Mike Riley drafted you or Larry Fedora or, or Todd Haley that just opens up an offense, Kevin, even Kevin Sumlin, probably Jeff Fisher and his entire coaching career. Obviously I mean, he's a defensive coach on the defense side yeah. of the ball. Yeah. Well, I still, I think if you're a quarterback coming into this league, I think you get pretty excited of, about playing for a coach as you know, coaching the super bowl before not a lot of, of uh, coaches can you know, say that true, true. Absolutely. Let's move along to the new Jersey generals. Oh, I think at quarterback have uh, just quite the select this. I, I thought, I think their quarterback situations like an a, if I had to grade it, Ben Holmes came on, uh, came on the show, gave a shout out to uh, Doug Flutie of the former New Jersey yes, generals. Yes. And Jim Kelly, he knew his USFL history. He also, uh, he had a great story, man. This is a guy that uh, if you haven't checked out that episode, I mean, we, it was a live draft reaction show, but go listen to round one. Um, we had Ben Holmes come on. And uh, he had a great story as a guy that grew up in Buffalo was at uh, uh, what was that junior college in long Island. I'm drawing a blank on it, but uh, uh, then, then he had some family issues. State. No, no, no. He was no. at Tarleton state after okay. uh, he was at a, J- a JC in, in long Island and, and sending that's he, right. Tarleton states in Texas, Nassau yeah. community. Yes, college. Nassau. Yeah. Um, and then he had some family issues. He went back to Buffalo for a couple of years, you know, wasn't getting any opportunities. Then Tarleton state messaged him saying, and he was like, I don't care where the fuck you are. I'm coming to play some football. I'll, I, I really was blown away. I thought that interview was fantastic. I'm really rooting for Ben Holmes, but at the same time, Deandre Johnson was a huge recruit by Florida state got kicked out of Florida state. Deandre Johnson played at about every university possible, but he's very talented. Um, if you've seen the spring league, so they, I think they hit a home run on the quarterback situation. Um, they also got Mike Weaver from Ohio state. Uh, you guys might remember he was a pretty good running back at Ohio state. He was a, he was drafted yep. in the NFL played for the, the Cowboys chiefs, Packers and giants uh, won a super bowl, by the way, with the chiefs. All right. Won a super bowl. Um, but this is a guy that rushed for over a thousand. I mean, he, he rushed for what? He had two thousand yard season. He came out early at Ohio State. I don't know about that call, but um, that that is a I think a player that can be efficient. Mike Riley's uh, 
known to be successful in these in these alt leagues. Um, Twenty seven hundred rushing yards in college is pretty damn good. And then obviously the Toby Johnson pick, awesome defensive tackle, uh, gonna definitely set this league on fire. Shout out to Toby Johnson, who you hear from in a little bit. Um, I thought I thought they had a really good draft. I thought they stood out to me. While I was calling the draft, I thought, okay, I think they have one of the better drafts. It was a Darius Shepard they got from North Dakota State. It was with the Packers at the wide receiver position. Um, uh, whether it was Jermon Moore from from Missouri who who played in the NFL as well, I thought they had a good draft. What do you think of that draft, Nick? Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I would say top half of the league draft. I think uh, a better draft than Michigan. I do like the quarterback situation. These guys also played on the same roster for the sea lines in the spring league. Um, ben Holmes and Deandre Johnson. I well, mean, I and, love and, you know, and, and, and yeah. And both of them were, were really good quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, going back to uh, Holmes's days at Charlton state, I mean, threw for over 5,000 yards and 62 touchdowns. And he also has that, you know, sought after mobility. He ran for over 500 yards in 2018. So, um, yeah, and then that that interview was great. I I love listening to Holmes and and his story. So I'll be kind of rooting for him here. I think the quarterback position is locked down. I think you're fine there. I like Weber and Trey Williams at the running backs. And you already mentioned a couple of the uh, receivers. I'm looking at Jamon Moore here, who, who had two 1,000 yard seasons at Mizzou. I think the offense is set here. You know, uh, and especially with Mike Riley as head coach, I think you better watch out. I think this is a team that's going to contend for the championship. And when you look at the tackle, Garrett McGinn, that they got the Garrett McGinn, because when you're at East Carolina, you go for it every time or you don't coach at East Carolina. You don't come to East Carolina. You don't play at East Carolina with a weak heart, Write it. Now we know he doesn't have a weak heart because he played at East Carolina. I love that draft pick. Um, I thought Chris Orr, the linebacker, you remember his dad played in the NFL. He comes from heritage. So I like this. I like this. Oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. Chris Orr did his dad did not play in the NFL. I'm thinking of somebody else. <laughs> he went to DeSoto high school though. All right. Um, I think uh, should just, I think you should just went with that. I don't think anybody would have caught you there. But, <laughs> what, if, uh, what if he I, listened to it though? <laughs> then I'd feel like a real asshole. All right. I'm going to give this a B and, and I think Nick Truesdale is a, is a tight end. That is the to sleeper tight end journeyman. Right. But this is what I love about Nick Truesdale. He went to Cincinnati, uh, uh, Cincinnati, and he transferred to Grand Rapids Community College. He played there. Look, let, let me run through his, this tight end, and and I think Mike Riley had an eye for him, right? He was with the Colorado Ice, Patty C. Mm. Colorado organization. Ice. Then he went to Good play. Team. Uh, how do I <laughs> pronounce this this uh, city in Minnesota? Bemidji, is that it? B E M I D G I Minnesota. Sure. Yeah, I think that was in one of the uh, Fargo shows. Okay. Well, Bemidji Axemen. Then he went to the great, Spokane. Great <laughs> then he went to the Spokane Shock. <laughs> Patty, see, you've known to give a few shockers. Right? I have. Uh, <laughs> Up in Spokane, sometimes. Then he went to the Portland Steel. Then the Indianapolis Colts. Then the Arizona Rattlers. Then the Cleveland Gladiators. Then the Minnesota Vikings. Then he was with the Salt Lake Stallions in the AAF, and he was actually pretty damn good in the, with the AAF. Then he went to the Viper. New York. Yeah. Then he went to the New York jets, then XFL, Tampa Bay Vipers. I, I look, this is why this league is awesome. I love stories like this. They're just not letting their dream die. I fucking love it. 
so I, I think they did a great draft. I'm excited to see uh, the, the New Jersey Generals, and I'm excited for you guys to hear Toby Johnson later on the show. But also the defensive tackle they got of Kalani Vakamia Lele. That guy was one of the highest rated defensive tackles. I thought they had a good draft there. They got Destiny Vallejo. I mean, give me a, the more uh, oh, Pacific Islanders we can get on the defensive line. Yes, the better I rate that. Unit. Yes, I, I, that's a fact of life. I yeah. believe. All right, you you know they're going to be run stuffers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's move along to the Philadelphia Stars, where I actually have this graded as the best draft. All right, the Philadelphia Stars and Bart Andrus. <laughs> good old, good old black Bart coming out shooting uh, at the quarterback spot. Brian Scott, who was a star. You got to love this story. Patty C. He, first off, he's from Occidental community college or right here, right here. Like five, three minutes. minutes from you the can studio. walk there. Yeah. Um, and this guy was the, was the MVP in the spring league twice, twice. And guess who his coach was Bart Andrus. So Bart Andrus drafts him. Uh, I was hearing Moose Johnson talk about him today saying we love him. He's got a chip on his shoulder, but a positive chip, but he wants to prove it. And also he's been in talks with us. I think we might have him on the show. Um, Bart Andrews looks like he should be part of GTA vice city. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's get amazing. him in vice city, but this guy, uh, so familiarity there. And so I think they got one, one of the better players there. Then they, they went out and get case Kukas. Kukas. Uh, as the backup quarterback, this is a guy who lit it up. I remember him cov- from covering the FCS. This guy lit it up at Northern Arizona. He lit it up with the lumberjacks. Um, and he's been a part of uh, the giants, the Broncos, Vikings, Raiders, Edmonton Eskimos and the Philadelphia stars. Now um, I like the quarterback position, but really when then when you analyze the roster and say, Hey, really like what they did with uh the tight end position, getting a little bug Howard, bug Howard. Yes. Uh, this is a guy that was with the Antonio, uh, the Atlanta legends, the Antonio legends, the uh, uh, bug Howard's an amazing name. No, but he was good at North Carolina and I think he's going to fit in fine. He was with the Atlanta legends in the AAF. Um, and I really just feel like you look at this roster, the defensive side of the ball. I was impressed with um, getting the freedom uh, <laughs> I'm butchering that. I'm sorry, freedom, but I know he was a beast at Nebraska. He's got experience in the NFL. He's a great draft pick. And I really feel like when I was calling this draft, I thought they had the best draft. There's one other team that can push it. Haven't named them yet. All right. So I think the Philadelphia story, what do you make of this draft, Nick? Well, the main thing here is that look, everything is moving very quickly for the USFL. The first game is in about six weeks. So, you know, there's not a whole lot of time to get to know your teammates and learn the system and everything. So, you know what uh, a veteran head coach like Bart Andrus does? I mean, yeah, he drafts a guy that he coached in the spring league in Brian Scott, the quarterback. Knows his he offense. Dra- yeah. He also drafted a running back in Darnell Holland, who also played with Brian Scott and was coached by Andrus in the TSL as well as the wide receiver, Jordan Sewell. So it makes a ton of sense. I mean, these guys already have, you know, a feeling for each other and a feeling for the offense and the system and everything. I think it's a major leg up on other teams where they're just bringing in together talent that has never played with each other. They don't know who the head coach is. I mean, if you're looking at like early gambling, which, you know, sounds crazy right now, cause we're so far away, but 
I expect this team to get out of the gates quickly because they do have that continuity. So it's uh, easy to see to like, a tide turn. There you go. So yeah, um, once again, kind of same as the generals here. I think they had one of the best drafts in the league. I'd give it a B plus this time. Yeah, uh, I, I really think those points you made of getting the the you know the fam- familiarity there, I think is huge out of the gates, especially. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I saw out there. Now we'll wait for a confirmation, but I did see um, that there was uh, some odds. I am pulling it up right now. But Patty, see, what did you make of that draft? Well, again, you know, it, it comes down to for me familiarity. And I don't know a ton of these guys. I will say that uh, on a general level, uh, I'll go over real quick. The first round draft picks uh, ages. Obviously these are the quarterback, Shea Patterson, 25, Jordan Tamu, 24, um, Brian Scott, 26, uh, Ben Holmes, 26, Clayton Thorson, 26, uh, Alex Magoo, 26, uh, Kyle Lauleta, 26, uh, Kyle slaughter, 28. And, uh, wait, now I'm looking at Jeff Fisher. So that was all of them. So everyone, Jeff within, Fisher, 28, Jeff Fisher, not uh, 20, <laughs> 20, 24 to 28. So it, like, even though Nick these Dant, 25, <laughs> <laughs> something like that, even though these guys don't have super huge name recognition, it's obvious that they're going for guys in their prime, you know, that are probably pretty capable of playing quarterback. Nick, Nick made a good point there with uh, you know, obviously getting someone you're familiar with to run your offense. And now it makes me want to bet on, you know, yeah, make some money on the stars. Yeah. And by the way, the stars offensive line, shout out to Michael Rodriguez, the third, we had him on the show call in. Um, and that was fantastic. Wishing the best for him. Uh, I Maybe saw some odds. They're serious though, about trying to develop players that could make the jump. Cause obviously that's the window for these guys that are basically yeah. hitting their prime. Well, what was great too is they got them in some two-year deals, so the XFL couldn't get them. Yeah, smart. Um, now USFL championship odds, I did see some out there. Yeah, um, Michigan Panthers are the favorite. Tampa Bay Bandits second. So Michigan Panthers plus three twenty-five. Tampa Bay Bandits plus four fifty. Philadelphia Stars plus five hundred. Circle that mm-hmm. one. New Jersey Generals plus five fifty, Birmingham Stallions plus six hundred, Houston Gamblers plus six hundred, Maulers plus six hundred, New Orleans Breakers plus six fifty. Wow. Uh, we'll see um, as see how legit those are in a couple of weeks, but uh, we do have some ones out there. So, um, I want to tell you, folks that the USFO gambling podcast is brought to you by WinBet. for every $25 you bet on college basketball. WinBet is giving you a chance to win a trip to Las Vegas for March madness and a thousand dollars in free win bet credits. Download the WinBet app now or visit WinBet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com. Or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as fifteen grand with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And last but not least, you're brought to you by us. Yes, the SGPN app is home for all of our free picks and podcasts. So go grab that thing, download it for free, and let it ride. All right. Next up on the clock, guys.
got the whole soundtrack. We got the Maulers. Uh, interesting here what they did. The first off, shout out to the Maulers. They must be connected to San Jose State University or Northern California because I feel like half their roster is either from the University of San Jose State or Fresno State or from California. Like like they played in their high school ball there. Uh, Josh Love, who we know from San Jose State, big fan of Josh Love. I love that pick. And then they have Kyle Laletta who played at Richmond, Nick, the Richmond spiders. You were just there on the football field. You know what? I confirmed it wasn't real grass. Yeah. Bastards. Um, look, well, Laletta, he only uh, dominated. Uh, look, this is a three year starter at Richmond. He definitely beat James Madison. So mm. we probably like that about him. He threw for over 10,000 yards with the spiders. He also 73 passing touchdowns ran for another 12. You got to like the quarterback position. Uh, now I will say this. Lalato was uh, arrested in uh Weehawk in New Jersey after being pulled over. He was with the New York giants. He was pulled over in his Jaguar on the way to the giants team practice. He was charged with uh, eluding police, a third degree crime, obstructing uh, administration of law and resisting arrest motor vehicle violations for reckless driving, disregarding an officer's directions and improper turn in a marked traffic lane and failure to remain in a marked lane. Uh, uh, I guess I'm a Pittsburgh that, Maulers fan. Yes. Then. Well, Doesn't then. that sound like they were just trying to like, you know, put more bullshit on that. It does. Make, like, it does. Many, but wait, how many but, bogus. That, it, it sound, that sounded made up. Half those sounded made up. <laughs> Hang on. Laletta had previously been charged with reckless driving in Fairfax County, Virginia Hello. in 2017 and found guilty of a failure to obey a, a highway side. I, Sounds like hey, a lot of bullshit we, though. As we know, the Commonwealth does not mess around. You don't want to go too fast through Virginia. Okay? That's true. It sounds like we have our Joe Namath here. <laughs> yes. I love this guy. He's my favorite player in the league. Um, and a town like Pittsburgh that doesn't really like a hot shot. Yeah. That's exactly what they need is a they hot found shot quarterback. Their Paul Blake. That will throw a beer on you. There you and go. Punch you in the face. <laughs> and I like this guy. I like this kid. Um, he's, he played, he played in a game uh, in relief of Eli Manning against the, the Washington Redskins. He threw five, uh, five passes. Five passes. <laughs> Dude, a lot of these dudes have at least been on NFL practice squads. I, I find that somewhat compelling. You know? Well, that was so so great about these interviews is is yeah, I mean, these are guys that either played at a high level in college or or, you know, had rides in the NFL. And, you know, sometimes they switch defensive coordinators yeah. or offensive coordinators and they just nah, you don't fit into our plans. Yeah. The line is extremely thin. Yeah. I think they are NFL caliber players. And I think this is going to be a really fun, fun thing to watch. Well, well what, what I got to ask is, I mean, cause obviously they didn't go for any gimmicks here. It looks like they, they tried to get the best quarterbacks or best players they possibly could is, are they trying to angle for, all right, we're sending guys to the NFL. That's our marketing angle. That's, that's our, our key to legitimacy moving forward. Or are they just trying to put the best product of football? I out think there? best product of football. I don't, I don't think you cater. Look, we saw the NFLs with the XFL, and I guess we can we can make our comments on that. I, I I've, obviously I think that's a good look for the for the XFL stability, but I think uh, or US or, or no, oh, no, no, XFL, no the XFL uh, has a deal. Yeah, dealing with the NFL. But yeah. I actually think it's actually not a great thing when you think about like name recognition, familiarity. Like, it, let's say Shea Patterson does great with the with the Michigan Panthers or. Kyle Laletta becomes a, a a staple with the Pittsburgh Maulers, much like Doug Flutie was with the with the Calgary Stampeders. Then you you grow your own fan base. Yeah, you grow your own value. 
to me, the XFL making this deal with the NFL, not only are, does it seem like they're going to change rules by year based on what the NFL yeah, wants, they're going to be their experiment. Yeah. Their little toy. It also, uh, it also, uh, you know, their, their players will get like, let's say, uh, I don't know, like uh, Dan Snyder's like, Hey, I think he's not cutting it. Let's bring up a quarterback from uh from you know whatever yeah. team the Los Angeles Express I don't I mean not not Express but uh, Wildcats yeah. then boom they come up and all of a sudden LA's like hey what happened to that quarterback now that could still happen in this league but I think it's less likely to happen yeah. with the affiliation they're making efforts to like legitimize themselves as a standalone product and that's well we don't know what the official the affi- affiliation will be we don't know any details so it, it was a very vague unless additional information has come out that I'm not aware of it was a very vague yeah, kind but, of, but, uh, you know, cooperation, but I, I, I can tell you this, it's a turnoff for me because I, I like, okay. I like the NFL and I'm still going to be, we will have the XFL podcast for you at some point, but I can tell you as a fan of spring football, I wanted them to be separate from the NFL. I think, uh, you know, yes, we enjoy college football in the NFL, but I do think like we crave for something different than the NFL with a lot of the, the ways things have gone. So well, you especially, but I mean, we were talking about this off air. Like for me, it was the timing of it. Like th- this, this news broke the day of, or, or the day before the USFL draft. So to me, it was just, you know, uh, an effort for the XFL to say, Hey, remember me, I'm still here. I'm going to come back next year. You know, you know, don't get too excited for the USFL draft because the XFL is coming too. That's all it was. It was it was to get their name in the headlines so people don't forget about them. Yeah, but I still don't think like to me it's like I'd rather I I thought as a guy that loved the the, the XFL mo- the two years ago I I don't, I don't I didn't like the news I didn't like it from uh I thought that that hurts the 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 future of the XFL well, to me, let me more than this. it helps it. It's interesting because we didn't know if uh, a, a spring league could. Gen- obviously compete against the NFL, but to have two spring leagues that are not affiliated with the NFL competing with each other could have been compelling, but it's, it's, we're not 100% sure that both would succeed, but with the NFL backing on one and the USFL kind of being, I hope the anti NFL, then you have an interesting storyline of competing leagues, right? There. What kind of backing financial backing? Is it going to be the WNBA where the only reason they're in existence is the NBA is, you know, well, uh, I, I don't know. Cause the rock, and Redbird Capital have money, so I, I and I think based on their TV ratings two years ago, I think they'll get money from from networks. So I think they're going to be fine. I actually think this USFL is going to be fine. People, a lot of people that uh, you you can read Twitter and say, oh, these leaks fold left and right. Well, they don't really know what the hell they're talking about. The reason why the AAF folded was because their main investor before the before they ever kicked, he was part of an FBI investigation where his money got froze. So they had no money, right? Um, and the XFL was doing fine. COVID hurt a ton of businesses, and Vince McMahon was one that just got destroyed. So he had to do that. Um, they were making their. I, I thought. I mean, look at baseball right now. It's on strike for a reason. There, but the, their sport is dying. It's been dying for thirty years. The XFL ratings were were. A, you know, we had June Jones on the show and he said, hey, this this is proof that like we were better than the, the you know NHL MLB. Uh, and we were, in, we were doing that on like ESPN too. So imagine it on, on uh, you know, a major platform. I think it's here to stay. And I think people that make those comments don't realize what exactly happened. 
either way, like in, in the long run, I figure that, you know, next year there's time to worry about that at a later date. I'm full hundred percent focused on the USFL right now. Yeah. And I'm sorry because hold on. I mean, I just, uh, I just cut them. I mean, if you're a Mahler fan, I, my apologies. Kyle Lalletta is is one of our favorites. Josh Love, we loved at uh, San Jose State. They're running. Look, they're coached by Kirby Wilson. He's a running back coach for like 30 years. All right, this guy. What I loved about the draft, he used extra picks, so you could forfeit draft picks later. He went up and he was grabbing offense and defensive linemen. Versatility. Um, I, I I thought. I loved it from that point of view, Carlo Kemp, uh, some of those other guys. I I really liked the fact that he was heavily invested in the offense and defensive line. And then you, I kind of love Davion Smith was a running back. That was great in the XFL led the league in rushing in the XFL. Um, I, if memory, yeah, with the Tampa Bay Vipers, then you have, come on, Garrett Groshek from Wisconsin. How do you not love this guy? Oh man. Yeah. He was one of my favorite football Dude, players. He's in Pittsburgh now. Oh, he's so good. Uh, okay, I'm the a Steelers the fan. The uniforms might be trash with the Mahlers. <laughs> that's but, that's fine. But you know. I gotta like the philosophy that they're going with now. But they brought in Bailey Gaither, was a wide receiver uh, from San Jose State. They had uh, a Michigan uh, tailback and a Wisconsin fullback. Pittsburgh claiming Big Ten football. Oh man, I mean, going out and getting uh, uh, passing up draft picks. They didn't care about kickers. They didn't draft a kicker or a punter. <laughs> they said, "Fuck it, give us more offensive alignment." I, I, uh, to be honest, I was making this case with Sean and Ryan. Why, why wouldn't every team do that? Because you got to think: is there a big drop off between the first kicker and the ninth? You're only eight teams. You only have one round to draft those, and the punter. I wouldn't have drafted a, a kicker or a punter either. I would have I sold those picks and got offensive linemen, defensive linemen, wide receivers. I don't know, whatever you need, defensive backs. So again, uh, what happened here? Cause I thought it was a position by position draft. Yes, but you could forfeit the position if you wanted to strengthen up another position. So why did any team like Kick, adhere draft, to that? Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I, I buy that. You know, I think there's only like so many good kickers and punters in the world. And there's more, there's, there's more of a, a number of decent offensive and defensive linemen. Really? Like, you see, see that in the NFL. We see that there's about 20 good kickers. No, no. But that's, that's my point. Exactly. Is the 21st kicker and, and the, the, the XFL's seventh kicker or the CFL's seventh kicker. Is there a big difference? I don't think there is. Yeah, especially punters, especially yeah. punters. I would yeah. say I don't have a, an in-depth like list of all the top kickers in the world and their capabilities. But, but we've seen those XFL kickers all go to the NFL. That's so true. Some of them have stayed in there the NFL. There are a shit like, ton of capable yeah, kickers. I, I would much rather kicking doesn't. I mean, you can you can win Super Bowls with 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 bad kicking. Yeah, I feel like you're right. These these dudes get picked up off of out of nowhere. They're working at Walmart and the next week they're kicking the winning super bowl in the fucking AFC yeah, championship. Game. Yeah. So I, I, I think Kirby Wilson maybe had read into the rules a little bit better than a lot of other coaches. I think Jeff Fisher also was another one that uh, didn't draft a punter. If memory serves me correct or didn't draft, he didn't draft a kicker. Jeff Fisher said, fuck you. Uh, you got to love how the running back coach and the defensive coordinator, because most of these other guys are OCs. They, they went with the, the kicking route, but what do you grade the Maulers, Nick? Overall, not as good as the previous two. Um, I, I kind of break this up between like top half or you know top four and bottom half. They, they're in the bottom half. They're probably, if I had a rank, and probably like the fifth best drafter. So I have some questions with Laletta and Love. I mean, that's not my my favorite quarterback duo. Um, 
I like Davion Smith. He's solid, but Groshek, you know, not behind that big Wisconsin offensive line anymore. Mm. I don't know. I think let me disagree kind of with you. Let me disagree with you. Ah, I thought he was an excellent, excellent running back, and I underrated. love Groshek, man. Yeah. And um, then receiver, I actually, I mean, the receivers is a position where I kind of like more so than the other skill positions. Cause I think Jeff Thomas, who uh, was out of Miami, I think he, you know, he kind of a checkered pass, but I think he has a talent and I do like Bailey Gaither also that we saw a lot of it at San Jose state. Uh, but overall, I mean, it's not jumping off the page to me. I think this is like an average team here. Um, Wow. Just throwing haymakers. Just uh, Trey Walker also went to San Jose state, their other wide receiver. They C went plus. heavy on the, uh, wow. Okay. Okay. So out of the North division, let's predict this before we go to the South. I think the first team based off of roster talent, excuse me, uh, Philadelphia stars would be one. New Jersey generals would be two, three. I think I would go Michigan Panthers and four Pittsburgh Maulers. Patty C, what are you doing? Ooh, if I had to order them, I mean, just looking off of it's weird because the teams that have uh, quarterback talent don't seem to have as much running back talent. Uh, or from I guess a marketability standpoint, Paxton Lynch and Shea Patterson, Division One recognizable quarterbacks, and I guess Stevie Scott, although he flew under my radar, uh, d- despite having well, a- TMZ Pat doesn't t- doesn't tune into Hoosier football. Yeah, right? well, yeah, well, when they go two and eight, and we no, they, he wasn't there in two and eight. He uh, was there in the other years. Well, two and eight has been every single year except <laughs> two years ago. Okay, uh, either way, then you get Mike Weber and uh, Trey, uh, Trey Williams, uh, Ohio State and uh, Texas A and M at New Jersey Generals, but you get an FCS quarterback in Ben Holmes. Um, as you go down the list, FCS quarterbacks. I mean, do I got to mention Carson Wentz went the second pick of the draft or Trey Lance look, or as, as Steve a, McNair as a JMU a fucking alum? I can appreciate FCS football and ben the quality Denucci. of talent, <laughs> Patty C, that came out of that fucking <laughs> locker room, but. Uh, That's where he lost me. Yeah, no, no one eats a burrito uh, look, like Patty C. What I'm saying, Garrett Groshek, Davion Smith. I'm most impressed with the end. Plus, Kyle Leda uh, getting arrested in Fairfax County. A man after my own heart. Uh, I'm a Pittsburgh Mauler so what, fan. So what's your order then? What's your team order? Uh, from, from a talent standpoint, honestly, if I have to break it down, I'm pretty damn impressed with Michigan's quarterback situation. Um, then I would say probably New Jersey, not by quarterbacks though, but by no, no, no. Okay, overall, and uh, again, I don't know. I know uh, they're we're centers, all pissing in the like, wind here, yeah. right? Now I would say I would say Michigan, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Penn, uh, Philadelphia, and you said Philadelphia Ooh. was your number one in the whole league. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. My rankings more closely align with Colby's. I think uh, I think Philadelphia is is made for the regular season. I think they get off to a hot start. I think the the New Jersey New Jersey Generals might have the highest ceiling. Uh, who do you go three and four though? Yes, uh, exactly. <laughs> no wait, no. Who do you go three and four? That was a Jerky Boys answer right there. Saul Rosenberg. Yes, yes. <laughs> Didn't ask you a question. Uh, <laughs> All right, no, I did. Uh, but yeah. give, give me uh, Pittsburgh third and Michigan fourth. Okay, let's <laughs> hop into the USFL, where football is still a game. Uh, the South Division: Birmingham Stallions, Alex Mago, Mago, Mago. <laughs> this guy was at FIU. I do remember him at Florida International because at the College Football Experience. Subscribe to the College Football Experience because we cover all. 
every single FBS division. And we also cover some FCS. Check us out. We talk college football year round there. Well, he was good at Florida International at the airport. Was drafted by the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, played with the Seahawks, Jacksonville Jags, Houston Texans. Back to the Seahawks, and then the now he's with the Birmingham Stallions. He was on an NFL roster this past year with the Seahawks. Um, Let me say this: It may that? be time for us to introduce the college experience, uh, the USFL gambling experience, to the concept of a ma quarterback. Mago. Well, they also got Jamar Smith because Jamar Smith played ball for Skip Holtz at Louisiana Tech. I was sold on this draft pick. I think there's a chance Jamar Smith might be the starting quarterback. Was Skip drafting one of his guys? You know he's familiar with his offense. He played for the Patriots. He played for the Hamilton Tiger Cats last year in the CFL. I like the Jamar Smith pick. I look at the rest of this roster. And you know, well, first off, you know, Skip Holtz is he's he's just known to building winners. But you look at uh, I really like the the running back uh, the running back position here. C.J. Marable at Coastal Carolina was a beast. Then he goes and gets Tony Brooks James out of Oregon, speedster. Um, Five nine. He's gonna use him like Lionel James. By the way, rest in peace to the great Lionel James. Then I like the Osiris Mitchell pick. He was good with 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 uh, with Mississippi State. We saw him with Mike Leach lighting up LSU in his first game. I thought they had a good draft, and uh, you know uh, we had Aaron at at a uh, how do I at a, it's like Christian Okoye at a Oye. Uh, he was on our show. Sorry if I'm you're getting better at yeah, it. Yeah, I'm getting better. It's tough. Adioye uh, probably won't be able, but Scooby Wright was a beast linebacker for the uh, Arizona Wildcats. He was also uh, in the NFL at X in XFL. Strong pickup in Scooby Wright. Yeah, Wasn't I think he like two time national player of the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, it's a great pick. Um, I kind of like this team. Even the Tyree Robinson pick at safety. He comes over from Oregon where he was good. Played in the NFL for a couple years. Um. What do you make of the Birmingham Stallions there, NC Nick? Peyton, oh, by the way, and our boy Peyton Ramsey, a wide receiver. How did I forget that? Peyton Ramsey came on the show from Tuskegee University. I probably my favorite player in the league. I'm really rooting for Peyton Ramsey to kick ass, and I thought that was a great pick. Um, what do you make of this draft there, Nick? I think it's all going to come down to the quarterback position. I like what they did elsewhere. I have question marks with Migo, Migu, and Smith or Mick. Uh. You know, right? Because how do you say? He's a You know, uh, I, so I, I have questions at quarterback, and you know, look, I mean, in in this day and age, you need a decent quarterback to win games. Uh, at running back, you play to win the game. You right. don't play to just back, play it. With Brooke James and C.J. Marable, I think that's solid. I like what they did with the receiver with Bolden. I mean, Emmanuel Hall was a, a second team All SEC a few years ago, so you know he has talent. And uh, Osiris Mitchell also played in the SEC at uh, Mississippi State. Uh, and yeah, you mentioned Peyton Ramsey it was a great interview. So I, I kind of like what they did, but the glaring weakness or the, or the glaring question mark, I guess, is that quarterback. And with it, since that's the case, I have to rank it as a bottom half draft. I'm going to have them, you know, somewhere around uh, third or fourth in this conference. Ooh, ooh, Patty C. Hmm. What do you make of uh, the Birmingham Stallions? Buckle up, buddy. Well, it's tough to judge them without really like breaking down the rest of the rosters first. So I kind of want to do that, but uh, I will say this: um, Mago 
it has some potential. Jamar Smith, great passing stats at Louisiana tech. Um, anyone with uh, James and Brooks in his name at running back, oh, uh, you know, I'm going to be a fan Shout out to, to what I think Lionel James, one of his teammates, perhaps in, there it in is. James Brooks, former Cincinnati bangle. There you go. Wide receiver Peyton Ramsey, probably the second most famous Peyton Ramsey, but we had him on not, the, not in two years. Yeah. Not for long. Um, yeah. I mean, Scooby Wright's the most impressive player on this roster by a country mile. Um, I'm interested to see how it works out for him. Off the top, though, nothing jumping off the pages term in terms of super impressive. Don't come at my guy Skip like that. Don't do it. <laughs> uh, next up, we got the Houston Gamblers, folks. All right. Uh, I was shocked that Clayson Clayton Thorson was a first round pick, but I made the case saying hey, he was third team, all big 10, 2017. And sometimes Northwestern and Iowa like to limit their quarterbacks or Kirk cousins at Michigan state. Maybe Clayton Thorson's better than what we believe because Kevin Sumlin went out and got him with the first in the first round. But I actually like their, their second quarterback drafted Kenji Bahar from Monmouth. Nick, you remember this kid when we were covering FCS in the spring. He was solid. Yeah. And uh I I I uh I kinda like Kenji Bahar. I think they're in a decent it, let's maybe Clayton Thorson is better than what I realize. I'm assuming that based on them drafting in the first round. Mark Thompson was a good running back that had injuries and I think if not for that he would be in the NFL. Um uh, Jojo Ward is always good to have a Jojo. Shout out to Jojo Townsell, who was on the Los Angeles Express with Steve Young and the OG, uh, and the OG uh, USFL. But Jojo Ward, I remember him from Nick Rolovich in Hawaii. Um, they also have Isaiah Zuber, who I actually remember as a beast at Kansas State with Bill Snyder. Now, when Snyder left, he transferred out to Mississippi State, um, played a, a year with the. Uh, with uh, what's the what's the guy's name? The OC of Oregon that went to Akron, mm, former oh, Mississippi State uh, head coach. God damn, John Moorhead. Yeah, yeah, Joe Moorhead. Moorhead. And uh, Zuber has been in the NFL for the past three years, so I think that is a, a a really good pick. So I think their receivers are actually in a decent spot. Now I worry about some of the other positions. I I I mean the Chris Odom pick a defensive end. By the way, that's the one where his father played in the NFL for the Miami dolphins. Um, Nick, I'm sure you might remember good old cliff Odom play with the dolphins in the eighties in Tecmo bowl. All right. Um, That's right. That's right. Uh, overall, I'm not sold on the quarterback position. I kind of like the running back. Well, also I, I f- forgot to mention Dalen Dawkins at the running back spot. He was at Colorado state. I remember him having a pretty good career against my buffs. Um, I think well, he ran for over 3000 yards total. So I'd say that's a pretty good career. Yeah. What do you make of this, uh, this Houston gambler team? Yeah. Once again, not overly impressed. I mean, if I had to grade the conferences right now, I would say the North is, is probably ahead of the South. Uh, once again, I think it comes up I mean, you start with quarterback, right? You have yeah. to start with quarterback. And I think I'm just not that impressed with Thorson or Bahar. Um, I mean, we'll see what, what Kenji Bahar can do jumping up from at the FCS level. Uh, it seems like maybe a little bit of a stretch. Maybe he's more of a project right now. 
Uh, maybe Thorson is more like a dependable guy, you know, but someone's going to want to, you know, fling it around some, and you need the quarterback to do that. You know, we have, what we didn't mention here is maybe, maybe their, their best pick I think is uh, at tight end and that's Brandon Barnes. That's true. I think Barnes might, I think he's, you, you could argue he's probably the best tight end in the league. Um, and that gives uh, Thorson or whoever's playing quarterback, a target that maybe the other teams don't have, you know, a very big bodied over the middle, dependable target at tight end. So I think expect, you know, a good year from Barnes overall though. Yeah. You know, there, there's some you know, good picks, but overall I wasn't blown away. I think um, uh, the next two teams that we're going to mention are the teams I think had that had the, the best drafts in the South. Yeah, and if we get to the next one, well, no, Patty, see what do you make of the well, Houston Gamblers? Quick, yeah, I'm I mean, sorry, I'm sorry. Clayton Thorson, uh, his stats really don't tell a great tale. Uh, over his four-year career at Northwestern, 61 touchdowns, 45 interceptions. But the stats that do tell a great tale there are his win-loss record, 36 and 17, including two 10-win seasons as a starting quarterback at Northwestern. Got to give the guy some love there. Maybe he's just a winner. And you know what? The other stat that kind of jumps out about him is uh, 27 rushing touchdowns as a quarterback. He's more of is a runner. Sumlin used to running QBs though. Not really. I mean, Manziel kind of, it never hurts to have a quarterback that can run though. But hey, look, hey, go back to Houston. He Thorson had Kevin Cobb. Kevin football. Cobb. Yeah. I mean, yeah, That's true. <laughs> he had Kevin Cobb. He had, yeah. I mean, I don't think he tr- traditionally at Arizona, he didn't have a running quarterback. Um, we'll see how that works out with him there in Houston. Let's talk about the New Orleans Breakers cuz I'll be honest guys, I thought they had the second best draft. I thought the best draft was Philadelphia Stars. I had the set New Orleans Breakers as the second best draft. I'm going to claim without knowing much about your reasoning here that that's your favoritism coming into a play. That here. could be, but I I'm a big fan of <laughs> Kyle Slaughter. All right, this is a guy when at Northern Colorado, he almost knocked off Colorado. I remember him in the FCS and the Big Sky. Um, I was impressed then. And then I was impressed when he was with the Minnesota Vikings from 2017 to 2019 or 18. Um, and he was back with them this past year. Tallest the, quarterback in the league at six. No, five. he's good. And he's a gamer. He's a gamer. Um, he was uh, recruited by Larry Fedora at Southern yeah. miss before he bolted to North Carolina. So I'm sure familiar with his offensive system. I'm sold on that being one of the slept on players drafted in the first round. I actually think he has a chance to win MVP in, in this conference or in, in this Boom. league. Um, I love the Larry Rose pick. Well, first off, second, second string quarterback, the second draft pick, maybe not second string. Who, who knows? Zach Smith oh, from Tulsa. String. Yeah. Zach Smith. Let's <laughs> Tulsa. I'm not, not totally sold on there. Not a fan, <laughs> but Larry, Larry Rose, the third, I am sold on. You might remember he was in the AAF with the Arizona hotshots. He was also with the Los Angeles wildcats. He was a first team off Sunbelt when he was at New Mexico State. He could play. I remember I remember him with Doug Martin. Um and then Jonathan Adams. You guys remember him at uh, Arkansas State. He was a beast. He beat Kansas State uh, in Manhattan, had a game-winning touchdown there. I remember 1100 yards as a senior. He was a beast. So I thought that was a good draft pick. I like the Sean Poindexter pick. I like that. I I really thought they did a great job drafting all around. Tell you the truth, Vontae and- Diggs at the linebacker spot. And the other two receivers, uh, Taiwan Taylor and Chad Williams, they were both third round picks in the NFL draft in 2017. So obviously there was something that NFL teams like there. So uh, there's a lot to like here. My biggest question marks is not the roster. It's the head coach and Larry Fedora, which I'm not the biggest fan of agreed. And I thought maybe a little bit of concern with the defense. I think the offense is actually going to be really good. Well, that's always been the case with, with uh, Fedora, right? Yeah. 
Um, Patty C, what do you make of your break? Break a break of one, two. Patty C, come in. Uh, there's not a ton of guys I have a ton of familiarity with. You know, I'm. I would be lying if I said I knew a lot about Slaughter. Um, he was at uh, Northern Colorado for his prime. Slaughter. Slaughter. Sorry. Um, I'm I'm about to drop a floater in your uh, Kyle Slaughter Saturdays. That was my. I was doing a stand-up show with Sean Green in uh, Eureka, California, which is up by Oregon. It was like a 10 hour drive home preseason. It's August. We're listening to, uh, you know, NFL, like serious satellite radio and, um, and they're covering, they're using, I what I would imagine would be the local announcers in Minnesota. And they were all about this Kyle Slaughter kid. And I was like, Hey, I remember him from Northern Colorado, but they were like, it's another Slaughter Saturday. He's coming. He's bringing the Vikings back. He brings them back every week. And I remember that and, and damn, if he didn't do it again, while we were listening on that 10 hour drive home, <laughs> Slaughter Saturdays are going to be a thing. I think with the USFL guys get the sign ready. Uh, I'm telling you, watch out for this kid. <laughs> John's Creek, Georgia. That's where he's from. I mean, they, it, it, you know, looking at his last name, it should be pronounced slaughter. Okay. Let's just be honest. That could have been the shitty local announcers in Minneapolis. I mean, but he I rode, like Slaughter better anyway. He rode Pine for three years and then finally got to start his senior year. Twenty nine touchdowns, ten interceptions. That's a good single season there. I want to see more of him, but certainly the measurables are there. Six foot five, and what is he? Two. And you hung in with the best college football team in the land. Six five two eighteen prototype. Boom. Watch out for the breakers. That's all I'm saying. Break a break at one two. Come in now. Uh, let's switch, let's switch it up, man. Let's, let's go. Let's look back to the Tampa Bay bandits Knicks team. And I thought, honestly, I thought they were right there. You could make a case. They had the second best draft. I think uh, the best draft Philadelphia. And then I thought new Orleans and Tampa right there. And then new Jersey after that, the Tampa Bay bandits got Jordan Tamu, who has proven to be a beast uh, with the St. Louis battle Hawks. He was also in the NFL very recently. They also got, I thought Juwan Washington was a good pick at running back. Even the uh, uh, BJ Emmons, we saw him in the, uh, with the Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm sorry. We saw him with the, uh, with uh, the Seattle Seahawks and the Las Vegas Raiders and this, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars. So uh, this is a guy that's proven. And then uh, don't forget, they got Brady white who won a lot of games at Memphis as backup quarterback. When you look at the receivers, they got Vincent Papali's son. Vinny Papali. Right? Oh man. Uh, I know NC Knicks loving that. They got Eli Rogers, who I remember, you know, from uh, he was on the DC defenders, but also his the, grandson. No, it's his son. How was the guy? He's only 25. Wasn't Vincent Papali like a grown man and like in the eighties in the se- uh, what, late seventies, early eighties. He yeah. was like 30 when that for uh, supposedly for that movie. Well, that movie was bullshit though. Oh, we had okay. Dick Vermeil and he was like, yeah, a lot of that stuff wasn't true. <laughs> <laughs> we had to go listen to our Dick Vermeil episode. Um, but uh, they got him. Eli Rogers played with the Steelers. He was efficient there. I, uh, you know, I love the pick of uh, Delrick Abrams from Colorado corner. Watch out. He was on the Falcons and Rams the past couple of years. Uh, what do you make of this draft? Nick there? You're a boys talk. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, people don't know Tampa Bay bandits was one of the better team or better um, programs in the first USFL. They made the playoffs two out of three years. They had the highest um, uh, ticket sales. You know, they had you know, the, the, some of the best home uh, field uh, environment here. So 
granted that was back when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were just God awful. So I think the people, you know, in that part of Florida were looking for a winner. So we'll see, you know, if they can have the, the uh, same success at the gate as they did in the eighties. But dude, I have to like exactly. I'm mean, I have to kind of echo exactly what you said there. I think with these two quarterbacks, they probably have the best quarterback position in the league. Um, you know, and then the running backs. I mean, what is there not to like with Emmons and Washington? And Eli Rogers was a solid NFL player. Yeah, he might have the best NFL stats of anybody in this league. So if you're looking an early, you know, DFS stack, it's Jordan Tamu and Eli Rogers. Expect them to light it up. <laughs> oh, he's you know? dropping that knowledge. Your boy, the cornerback from Colorado, was the first cornerback taken off the board. So, arguably, you got the you could argue they're the best quarterback, best receiver, best cornerback. That's the question impressive. is question is you know how w- will they be in the trenches? Uh, Haley is an offensive coach. How will his defense be in general? You know that's a that's a fair question, but. Yeah, you know, I kind of staked a claim to uh, Tampa Bay. You know, I was thinking Pittsburgh, and when the um, the uh, uniforms came out, I was like, I, I can't get behind that. You know, then with all the Tampa Bay and the whole history with Spurrier and Bandit Ball, I was like, you know what, I'm down. That's my team. So uh, that was, you know, I kind of proclaimed that before the draft, and uh, I loved what they did in the draft. I think uh, they're the team to beat in the South. I expect a good season. And Todd Haley better rock the visor Spurrier style. All right, please come on, Todd. That or get another rat salad. All right. Uh, no, the last thing I had to mention was that he also coached Eli Rogers when he was on the Steelers. So there's some familiarity there. I like it. I like it. Patty C, what do you make of the Tampa Bay Bandits? Well, Jordan Tamu was one of the most impressive quarterbacks in the SF, XFL, yeah. in my opinion. 72% completion percentage, five touchdowns, two interceptions, about uh, 40 rushing yards per game. I guess that's not an uh, astronomical stat, but it's a, a stat that. That's yeah, still efficiency. Yeah, it yeah. shows that yeah. he's uh, he's a dual threat quarterback. He wasn't exactly, while he was efficient, he wasn't throwing for 400 yards a game. But I still think you're moving the chains. He, he to me, was one of the most impressive quarterbacks there. I think that alone makes Tampa Bay a threat. I agree. I agree. Um, so let me, let me, let's rank this, rank the South real quick. I, I go Tampa Bay one, new Orleans, two, three, Birmingham, four, Houston, Nick, uh, same top two, but I'm going to flip it and go Houston. Then Birmingham, you son of a bitch. All right. Uh, Patty C what are <laughs> you right. doing there? <laughs> you coming at skip Holtz like that? I'm going <laughs> to agree with Nick. I think it's uh Tampa, new Orleans, Houston, uh, Birmingham. So you think the people that of Birmingham are going to see their own team be shit. Well, they got a guy, James Brooks, right? Or Brooks James. They got the home crowd. Yeah, they got the home crowd. crowd. That could be all the difference. And you know what they have? They have Scooby fucking right, who is Luke Keekley, you know, junior, essentially. So, yeah. All right. Well, look, um, we, before we pick our teams, I got to get to a phone call and, and uh, he's coming right. I see him calling it right now. So with no further ado, let's get over to this Toby Johnson interview. Right now on the USFL Gambling Podcast. Here we go. Joining us on the USFL Gambling Podcast is former, former defensive tackle in the National Football League, former Georgia Bulldog. Give it up for one of the newest New Jersey generals, Toby Johnson. How you doing, Toby? I appreciate you hopping on the show and, and talking football with us. I'm doing great, man. I'm just excited to be on here today. Yeah, I'm excited. Now, how did that feel? I, I know that uh you know, you've played in the NFL, you played on some of the biggest stages. Uh, how did it feel to get, to get drafted by uh, the New Jersey gen- generals there? 
Uh, it felt good, you know, uh, being with a couple of my uh, a couple of my old teammates from the uh, the Guardians and being with some of my old coaches. It just felt good, you know, getting back around familiar faces and getting back around a scheme that I'm pretty familiar with. So I'm excited to get back out there and be back outside playing outdoor football. Exactly, outdoor football. You're speaking my language, and look. The Guardian the Guardians had a great defense. Uh I, I I would imagine that the New Jersey Generals would be on the on the way there for having a great defense. We had your quarterback on uh talking shop, but man, I'm a defensive guy. I like talking to 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 the guys that, you know, really I, I people can say all they want about and no disrespect to the whatever, is it the Tom Brady's, the Matt Stafford's. Without that D line, you're not you're not yeah. winning much, right? For sure, for sure. Y'all see it all the time. Like you said, Stafford had a good year, but you know, the Rams, that, that defense and that D line was something serious. Yeah, it gets lost in the luster. I, I really believe that. Even look, take I know you're a Georgia Bulldog guy. Yeah. And you guys won a national championship and kudos to you. And I'm not trying to disrespect Stetson Bennett, but at the same time, that defensive line. They were getting after it. I mean, there's no way they're winning a national championship without that defensive line. Same with the yeah. Los Angeles Rams. So uh, perhaps I'm thinking the New Jersey Generals and, and yourself can be a big uh, reason why perhaps you could be taking down the the, the trophy. Now, did, uh, were you familiar with the USFL prior to getting you know get drafted by the USFL? No, I had heard like a little stuff here and there from Herschel Walker being drafted. You know, all the some of the older players, I go on YouTube, look up highlights, see how they used to crack news and all the crazy names and stuff they had, but I'm not super, super familiar with it. Like that. Yeah. For me, like I, even my, myself, like my brothers were, were USFL fans. I was the youngest. So like in the nineties, it like ESPN classic got the USFL rights or something. And we were just football junkies. So we were just trying to watch whatever we could get our hands on, man. So I I got schooled kind of, kind of late past the, uh, the original time period, but yeah, this is exciting. Now you've been a part of a startup league before. Uh, How was that experience? It was pretty good. It was super professional. Uh, You know, guys ran stuff. I felt like the NFL for real, we had a lot of guys, uh, on our team, we was full of NFL guys from the top to bottom. You know, our coaches and whatever was uh, Super Bowl champions with the Giants. Our defense coordinators with the Giants. All our coaches had been played in the league or coached in the league prior to that. And, you know, our GM, all that skipping all those guys, they back in the NFL right to this day. So they ran it, at least for our team. I can't speak for every team, but our team was more so of a, a NFL team. They ran things like the way it's supposed to be. You know, practice was you know, um, a real, real practice, everything, everything about it was just professional. And, you know, I enjoyed it. You know, I mean, I'm really excited. Yeah. I, I, and that that's what I'm trying to explain to a lot of people that say, well, why should they give it a chance? Because we've seen this so many times we've seen uh, these leagues, you know, uh, wh- whatever you want to deem it, uh, players come from, we saw it with Heineke or, or PJ Walker, and I'm naming them because they're quarterbacks. And it seemed like, Oh, that's the first thing that, that fans recognize. But there's a ton of other players that pl- have played in leagues and, and you know, all it takes is maybe one scheme came in while you're in the pros and you, you didn't fit in there. And, and now, and now you're finding uh, your way through, whether it's the Canadian football, league, wh- whatever it is. And, and all it takes is the right situation to boom, jump back in it. I mean, I, I'm bringing up quarterbacks, but you, you brought up Herschel Walker before Herschel Walker was a, one of the best running backs ever. And this is a guy that played in the USFL. So it's got a rich history here. I know it's been a while since they snapped a football. I'm, I'm excited to see you in action, man. And I, I think, you know, this can be 
a, a great step in the right direction for whether you want to stay in the USFL or whether you want to get back to the NFL. I feel like, you know, that's, that's normally the thing, but uh, I got to ask you though, I got to ask you what feels better you blowing up a running back or forcing a fumble on a blindside sack. Force you know, that blind side set for some weeks talk tech ball. You know, uh, he is one thing, but when you can take the ball out of the hands too, that's that's just a whole different level. Like it, it's it's levels to a sack. You know, a script a script sack is just that's top tier. That's that's at the top. So that right that'll probably be at the top. And it's but a quarterback I, I, too, right? <laughs> Yeah, and as a quarterback, which I don't like those guys. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> now let me ask you this. Do you have a ritual? I mean, what do you eat? What is a guy like you? I mean, you're you're a big guy, man. You you know, I wouldn't want to see you in an alley, all right? I mean, uh No, I just I eat I eat the salad. Today I had a salad right out of practice. I've been trying to, you know, get get right because you know I'm going back to outdoor football. So it's like, you know, the field gonna be bigger, you gotta watch what you eat and all that stuff. But if I wasn't trying to get right now, I can eat some stuff up, you know, <laughs> I can eat pretty good. I believe it. I believe it. So look, I, according to Wikipedia, six, four, 325 pounds. All right. Yeah. I mean that, that look, Toby, uh, I just look, uh, we want you here. If you ever in Los Angeles, stop by the studio SGP and studio. But at the same time, I would never want to uh, cross paths with, with a, with a guy, six, four, three, 25. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so salads right now, but I think before the game, what, maybe a steak, maybe, you know, I don't know. What do you, what, what do you think? I try to get like a lot of, uh, you know, starches and stuff in me. So you won't pour none, uh, rice, uh, pasta, anything like that. But, uh, it just depends on the type of game too. It depends on the type of game too. You know, sometimes I, I wouldn't mind if it's it going to be a heavy run team, I wouldn't mind being a couple pounds over my normal playing weight or whatever. But if I'm not finna, they finna come out throwing the ball, I may just eat breakfast and just be good until, be good until right after the game. Then I be in that killing snacks, no halftime, bananas, everything until after the game. Then I just eat up stuff. I love so, it. I love it. Uh, we're getting in the mind of a defensive tackle. I mean, this guy's played on the highest levels. Uh, l- speaking of that, you played in the SEC. You played with mm-hmm. the Georgia Bulldogs, as I alluded to earlier. What mm-hmm. team? What team did you hate most? I mean, like, is there one that just uh, you know? I know you got the world's largest cocktail party. I've been to that game before. That's a fantastic game. But it, you uh, know, is, is it the Gators? Is it Auburn? I hate, like, Hated them as like a program, or like hated it going against them. Like what? I'll actually, I'll actually ask you for both answers. Okay, as far as program, I say Georgia Tech. I'm not gonna lie. The reason I really say Georgia Tech is because <laughs> triple option. No, Georgia Tech. I was one of the only senior classes to lose to Georgia. Tech. Oh man! And like, <laughs> and that's it's crazy. There's only two teams. There's only, and I was one of one of my see. I write to the day I still be so mad. I be wanting to put a hundred on these boys every time we play. Now, how was that? They always say, you know, and, and I, I read this, so I don't know. I mean, I'm a guy that played. You know, I never played on any any real level of football besides some pickup games. Um, uh, how was it going up against a triple option? Is that is that one that just you hate as a defensive lineman? Oh, you definitely hate that as a defensive lineman. But uh, them them one of them games where at, I don't know how they do it at other schools, but at Georgia we have like a bye week or. Um, any like time we can squeeze in extra practice for teams like that, we did it at Georgia. You do that. Any bye weeks and we get in earlier. Uh, 
anytime like at the end of the year where we have like a day or some off whatever, we're gonna do that. Like we 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 study that like the back of our hand. So it get easier. The more you at Georgia, it get easier and easier because you know like you gotta be sound, you gotta be disciplined. Can't try to play hero uh basketball or whatever. So you know, I mean, football or whatever. So, you know, uh, you know, with us, the big guys, we've got one responsibility. They hit that fullback every time. <laughs> hit the fullback every time. Play off the block and hit the fullback every time. So, to me, it's a it's a, a easy task to me because that's what I like doing. I don't like running out there chasing guys. <laughs> Trying to but, figure uh, out where the ball's at, right? <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. But uh, I've always wondered why more teams don't do the triple option. I mean, I know it's not you know, like uh, to me, if you're at, I mean, no disrespect to Vanderbilt, but they haven't had the greatest history, much like Kansas or something. I always wondered like, Hey, well, the triple option seems to somehow be like, I I read something about Nick Saban and Alabama. Uh, I think they played army a few years, like probably five or six years ago. And then they played another, like an FCS team. I want to say it might've been the Citadel and they, they gave up their largest amount of yards per rush. Uh, uh, more than any other team they played in the past like decade. And I was like, damn, they had success with it. Why, why would, if you're Vanderbilt just, you know, or, or Kansas or, you know, some of these teams that just have had losing decades after decades, why would you not try to do that thing? But I, I don't know. I'm getting off on a tangent here, but why do you think that is? Because like them boys are good at what they do. And, you know, you got guys who, um, you know, that's not used to it too. You know, you get a guy in the SEC, we ain't used to uh, the navies and the armies or the Georgia Techs and all we don't have to play that type of football. So when you're going against in one game or whatever, you you in your mind you worry about good getting hurt. You worrying about people playing dirty. You worry about all type of stuff like so little stuff like that get into God's head. Now if we playing that every week, it would get smashed. The fact <laughs> that you don't have to play it one time throughout the year, it it, it, can, it can mess with you a little bit. I Especially hear you. I hear you. It makes sense. The more you practice against it, the more the more you yeah. would have success with it. But all right, well look, I, that went on a tangent there. But let me ask you these these questions here. So we got the the pregame ritual essentially with the with the meal the night before. Uh I gotta ask you just other stuff. Best best football movie. You have one football movie for you. You know, I don't know if you have kids or not, but if you had to tell them one football movie to watch, what, what's your go-to football movie? Uh, the go-to football movie is, uh, it's tough, right? Movie. I mean, there's like, there's uh, what, like yeah. varsity blues, there's Rudy, there's uh, you know, there, there's uh, uh, any the given with Sunday Big Mike, with big Mike was in there from Ole Miss. What that movie was, that was a good movie. Oh, what it was, was uh, uh, blindside, right? Blindside. Yeah. That's what it was. I like Blindside a lot. That's actually a move I can watch over and over and over and over. And over. There we go. Spoken like a defensive lineman. He said, "I don't need to see that flashy quarterback stuff." All right. Uh, no. Well, well, look, I, I'm really looking forward to to the season, Toby, and I really appreciate you hopping on the show and, and talking football with us. And uh, you know, please, uh, it, like I said, if you're ever in the LA area, you're welcome here. And then please, maybe we can get you back on the show after you guys start. You know kicking some tail in, in the USFL, man. I appreciate you oh. having on everyone. Give Toby a follow on Twitter at future. O two zero one, one, three sec. Thank you so much, Toby. I appreciate you hopping on, man. Appreciate you too. Appreciate you for having me, you know, anytime, you know, just hit me and you know, I can get on here. 
There we go. There we go, folks. Toby Johnson, defensive tackle, New Jersey Generals. Get ready, April sixteenth. I can't wait. And we're back on the USFL gambling podcast. That was great hearing from Toby Johnson. He's just ready to play ball, guys. He's just ready to play ball. I thought it was surprising. I mentioned, you know, what were the top teams? You know, what, is there anyone he hated? Who did? What was the team he hated most at Georgia? And I thought he was going to say Florida. Thought he was going to say Auburn. Georgia Tech and Paul Johnson as wow. a defensive tackle. <laughs> Georgia Tech and Paul Johnson. Um, that was great hearing I can him. Appreciate though. that. And best wishes on the season to uh, to Toby. Great guy. Um, let's uh, here it is. Let's pick our teams. All right, who's our team? Who's our team in the North? Nick, you got to pick a team in the North. Who are you going with? Oh, I wasn't ready for this. Um, <laughs> there we go. Well, okay. Well, who's your you know, overall that, top team? Well, uh, Tampa Bay Bandits. Okay. All right. A team of the North, even though I despise the jerseys, it's Pittsburgh. Okay. Because I can't choose anybody in the 95 quarter. We're DC guys. We can't root for anybody in Philly or Jersey. Not going to happen. Okay. So it came down to Michigan or Pittsburgh. Eh, give me Pittsburgh in the north, but my my real team is Tampa Bay. Yeah, my real team is the New Orleans Breakers. Now, I I, I came into this with three teams that were possible number one, you know, picks by me: the Michigan Panthers, the Houston Gamblers. Like I, I I own the Gamblers helmet here in the studio, and then the New Orleans Breakers. I thought all three had fly uniforms. I thought all three were were great franchises before, and I thought. Uh, but all three could be playing in a dome next year. So I'm, I'm just going to say this right now. If you're playing in a dome next year, I'm out. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. I'm out on what I root for. All right. I don't support dome football. And uh, so right now though, I'm drafting the new Orleans. I'm hoping they're playing at Tulane stadium next year. Give me the new Orleans breakers. That's my team. Give me Larry. Fed- I, I don't like, I'm not crazy about the Larry Fedora coaching experience, but Hey, Next year it could be Ed Orgeron. Let's go. Well, so, and, and I guess who's your team in the North? Is it uh, Michigan? It is the Panthers and Jeff Fisher. Give me the mustache. Ride the mustache, Patty C. I know you've done that before. Uh, what are you? <laughs> God. I'm joking. I don't even buddy. know what that means. <laughs> I'm joking, buddy. <laughs> Patty C, what are you doing? What are you doing, buddy? Oh, uh, gosh. Um, let's see. I mean, I think you kind of <laughs> nailed it. Ride the mustache. Uh, look, the only teams that aren't really like kind of moving me uh, aren't, aren't moving the needle, so to speak, Birmingham and Tampa for me, they, they aren't moving. Tough. needle. They are not. Wow. They're Coming not. at re- NC Nick. We got a little rivalry going in Sorry the studio, there. new Orleans and Houston obviously have uh, their own appeal. Pittsburgh is near and dear to my heart. Plus Groshek. Uh Philadelphia has got maybe the coolest uniforms in the league. New Jersey, not really moving the uh, needle for me that much. But uh, I think my team is the Michigan Panthers. Boom! He's riding the mud. I told you he's riding the mustache, Nick. I told you he's riding the mustache. Getting Jeff Fisher. Uh, We've all been known to ride a good mustache. Yes, yes, yes. Guys, uh, that concludes our episode. Subscribe to the USFL Gambling Podcast on uh, uh, on all platforms. You can listen to podcasts and subscribe on Twitter. Follow on Twitter at USFL Gambling. I'm Colby Swing at Database Dan. You can find me on Twitter at the Colby D. Patty C's on Twitter at Patty C831. NC Nick's on Twitter at NC underscore NICK. You better believe we're going to have more USFL coverage as the season gets closer and closer. Football in the spring is going to fucking work. All right, folks. Uh, let's, uh, let's ride out of here. All right. This is the USFL Gambling Podcast. You better start thinking about yours. And we out of here. Run and shoot. We can be the run and shoot.
keeps you.